All right. Dr. Terry Trammell, uh, husband of endurance karting superstar Rhonda Trammell, and a student of Anthony Joseph Foyt, MD. <laughs> Professional photographer. Yeah. And, of course, completely against the nickname Tear Bear. <laughs> yep. We tried. If you could describe this dinner with racers in one word, what would it be? Quizzical. Quizzical. Huh. That's well, never that's been first. used. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Leave it to the that, doctor. Yeah. 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 Master of language. <laughs> <laughs> And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio I was very angry the sound of a driver on the radio during a race. What do you think I should call All right, and welcome to Dinner with Racers. I am Sean Heckman. I am Ryan Eversley. And uh, you might be hearing the sounds of hail in the background <laughs> because uh, we are literally driving from Kentucky through Tennessee into Atlanta, Georgia, because we are wrapping up a seven-day, seven-night voyage into Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, where we recorded a shorter version of Dinner with Racers than you may be used to. We got uh, 10 amazing meals out of our one week. And uh, generally, this is kind of how we're going to do the series. Yeah, we'd like to get away from the uh, traditional long road trip because we've been on the road doing that for so long that we end up losing out on other opportunities in our real life. And uh, we thought maybe we'd be a little less burnt out, get you guys some better content, and let's break it up over the course of the year. So hopefully in the future we can go to Charlotte, maybe Daytona, all over the place, and kind of grab as many episodes as we can in a short period of time. So, uh, wrapping up this 1,500-mile journey in our uh, what car, Ryan? This is a... 2017 Acura MDX. And uh, what uh, tires are taking us through this hailstorm that we're driving through? Are we going back to the original? Yeah, we're going back to the original. Continental Tires. Continental Tires. Continental Tires. LX Sport. <laughs> Continental Tires. Whatever tires these are, that's what we have. <laughs> the LX Sport. They're black and round and they're awesome. <laughs> yeah. Go buy. Go buy them. <laughs> So uh, the next stop in our journey took us to beautiful Brownsburg, Indiana, where uh, we met up with none other than Dr. Terry Ryan. Terry Bear. Trammell. Uh, now, if you're not familiar with uh, Dr. Trammell, he is sort of the doctor of the racing scene, the guy you want to run into if you uh, come across a problem that maybe you need to be patched up for. So uh, he's primarily known in the IndyCar scene, but he's also worked on NASCAR drivers, USAC drivers, Sports car drivers. Dr. Trammell is sort of the orthopedic surgeon of the motorsport scene. He, for a long time, had a day job at a place called Ortho Indy, uh, but he was always a long-time consultant and long-time... Uh, this hail, oh my God. Yeah, we're, we're literally hydroplaning. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> um, and he's been a uh, full-time member of IndyCar's safety team forever. So Dr. Trammell has been through it all. He has seen it all. And the bigger picture with him is that since the 1970s, he has been part of the uh, the overall safety initiative in motorsport, but especially in IndyCar. Terry Bear grew up around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He uh, got to do a intern-style program early on where medical students would help out with the small issues that happen at the track, and in return they get some tickets. And so he was a big fan of the sport, ended up moving into the photography side of it as a professional photographer, sort of and uh, later in life found himself reunited with the sport when uh, none other than Danny on Gaius ends up on his operating table with a major need of repairing of some legs and 
fortunately, with uh, Dr. Trammell's efforts, he was able to race again, and that kind of started the entire uh, Trammell legacy, which has helped many drivers over the course of their career stay in the sport. And he's not just there to help them, he's there to help them get back in the race car, which is a pretty neat thing about him. So here's some of the quick things you're going to learn about. You're going to learn about becoming a doctor by accident. His badass racing wife. Uh, fan safety in the 1970s, including motorcycle tracheotomies. Ooh, I, I forgot about that story. Yeah. Sleepovers with drivers, which is a concept that we also had. Being an owner of an Acura NSX. That's right. We also learn about just how many drivers he has kind of bolted back together. And he does not like to be called Terror Bear. So uh, once again, we headed out to Brownsburg, Indiana at the Boulder Creek Dining Company where, uh, well, Ryan, what did you have? I actually had the Sean Heckman special. I had the probably the best chicken sandwich I've ever had in my life. And I had a uh, exceptional chicken sandwich as well. I don't know if I'd call it the best, but I really, really liked it. And uh, once again, thank you to Acura for getting us there. And of course... No, you, you're doing this. I'll, you want me to do it? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what you do. All right, that's my that's thing now. That's your part. That's my yeah, thing. Yeah, that's now. your thing now. All right, here we go. Now, right. Well, of course, we couldn't have done it without Continental Tire. Tear Bear. Meow. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. How's it going? Hey, how are you? I'm Ryan. Hey, nice to meet you, Terry. Sean. Great to meet you, Terry. Hey, there you go. Have a seat. Nice gadgetry. Oh yeah, we're uh, <laughs> we're very high budget, ah, as you okay. can as you can tell. <laughs> high budget. Yeah. Here, put that on. We'll 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 talk about it. There you go. Perfect. We waste no time. We get right into this. Okay. Things, so, welcome, by the way. Well, thank you. So, My yeah. pleasure. Um, so, do you know anything about us, or have you ever heard of us? It's okay to say no. No. Have you heard of a okay. podcast before? <laughs> Uh, yes. Okay. You've been on a podcast. Have a, You've been have on. A, I have. Yeah. Okay. Right. By accident. By a oh <laughs> wait, how does that happen? Yeah. I have. I have been on. How, how yeah. do you accidentally get on a podcast? Um, I thought I was doing a radio interview. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, nice. And then yeah. you realize you downgraded. So yeah, no, it was great. It was great. And yeah. one of my friends or one of my professional acquaintances when I was doing uh, medical stuff was a a beer person. Okay. And he had a podcast about beer that. Was a big deal. So he decided, why not, like the world's most renowned open wheel doctor, right. talk about beer. right, right, yeah. sensible. I actually just got asked to be on a beer podcast. It was the same guy, but I was like, yeah, I like beer, sure. Yeah. Right. All right. So, so well then, well then, let's get into this. What's okay. what's the beer of choice? Uh, my beer of choice. I'm not a big beer drinker, okay. so just I'm a summertime whiskey. beer drinker. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, I'm, I have really simple taste. I, I drink the first three or four swallows out of a cold Corona light. Yeah. Okay. Um, as cold as I can get it. Yeah. And as soon as it warms up, then I don't want it anymore. Then you're done. <laughs> then you're out. So you're All a beer right. chugger. Yeah. Beer chugger. <laughs> I got you. Okay, that works. <laughs> All, right. All right. Then what? Then what's the uh, what's the what's the the Terry Trammel? If we when we start our own dinner with racers bar, okay. we name all of our drinks. The Terry Trammel is going to be what? My drink of choice. Yeah, your drink of choice. Oh, my yeah, drink yeah. Of Sorry, that's an overcomplicated way of asking. Yeah, what do you drink? Very, yeah, it's very simple. Vodka. Uh, yes. I mean, <laughs> and right. just in a glass with some ice on it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you're, you're good to messing go. around. Okay. And then I'll yeah. mess around with it a little bit, but not much. Yeah. Now is it fuzzies? Um, so to turn it into a Moscow Mule. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, and then I discovered this concoction that they first time I had it was at the Tommy Bahamas in Hawaii. They muddle up some uh, bay leaves and add some grapefruit, but you have to have the Hawaiian grapefruit to make it work. Oh, yeah, And uh, it's a pretty awesome way to go. Way right. to kill vodka. And then if I'm gonna 
not have to get up in the morning. Yeah. I'll uh, settle into a chair somewhere with a nice Irish whiskey. There you go. Nice. I'm, yeah. I'm an alcohol snob, I suppose. Oh, yes. okay. <laughs> you ever drink with uh, Sam Schmidt? I haven't. Yeah. No. Yeah, he he likes his uh, tequila. Apparently, that's his thing. Well, that's that was the big one before I ran into Irish whiskey. There you go. Okay. A, yeah. Um, the Irish whiskey happened by accident. I was looking for tequila, mm-hmm. and uh, the guy that owned the store or worked in the store tried to, through his very thick Irish brogue, tried to talk me into trying some Irish whiskey. I did. I liked it. Here we are. Every yeah, since. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, you have a couple of nicknames. Okay. Doctor T. That so works. You like to be good. Like yeah, Dr. Call T's that? fine, yeah. Can I call you Tear Bear? Tear Bear? Tear? No. <laughs> That's a no. That, <laughs> that would a be a no. <laughs> I rhyme right. everybody's name that has an air with bear, okay. no matter okay. what. But that's the second doctor to turn me down. I had to stop and think about that because one of my partners was Care Bear because yeah. his last name was Care. Yeah, sure. See, that's what I would he call looked that like a bear. Oh, so uh, okay. Fit. Yeah, Care Bear. So it hits too close to home for you. Fit me. So Tear Bear's out. What about, given your occupation, what about T Bone? Can we call you T Bone? Um, Actually, what a, my golfing nickname oh, was by accident okay. was yeah. uh, um, Lefty Bones because I'm okay. left-handed right. and I'm bones. Okay. So uh, I'm kind of left-handed. That, okay. That's the story we can talk about. I have one last pitch on a nickname for you. Okay. T-Pain. T-Pain. <laughs> uh, nah. Oh, We're going to stick with Dr. T. Let's just stick with Dr. T. Dr. Terry Trammell, yeah. please. Yeah. <laughs> we have a in – in the day, we used to keep drivers – Wounded drivers when they were poor and had nowhere to go uh-huh. uh, in the lower level of our home, which is commonly known as a basement. Okay. And it has a mother-in-law suite in it kind of place. Yep. And the, the guys turned it into uh, the dungeon. <laughs> and in order to be, dec- have, be a decoration on the wall, it became the wall of pain. Right. Because in order to be on the wall, you had to have been down there It'd in pain. There, right. <laughs> and if you weren't in pain when you got down there, we fixed that. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. okay. So uh, give us some names. Well, probably the most verbal is Tony Kanaan. Yeah, we've heard uh, that from yeah, a lot he, of people. He has a lot to say about <laughs> the wall of pain and the dungeon. and the. Right. We call it Rhonda's Rehab Ranch because that's my, my wife's name. Yeah. And I came home from work one day, and Tony, Tony was a visitor on several occasions uh, along with some others. And I came home from work one Well, I was at work one day, and one of my partners said, you know, come in here. There was a TV lounge. He goes, isn't that your house? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, it is. I said, what is that on? I said, well, that's ESPN, and they're, they're showing this special on Rhonda's Rehab Ranch. Right. <laughs> and I, so I got home, and as soon as I walked in the house, Tony goes, well, let me explain. <laughs> I said, okay. So anyway, that was one of those. Nice. So. All right, so just to set some, some context here. So it's, it's the Monday of uh, sort of the first week of practice. I believe it's sort of rookie and refresher day. Right. And you said you didn't have to be on site today. Was that why today was a good day? Today was a good day because today there's no activity at the track. Oh, okay. It's, Excuse me. it's shut down. Okay. Um, and I said seven because I never know what that really means. Sure. And when I think I've got the day off, sometimes I get a call that says I don't have the day off. Right, right. And uh, it's not because somebody's hurt now because I'm... Uh, I'm no longer in the repair business. I'm in the full-time prevention, prevention business. Yeah, we read that in a couple articles. So, uh, so what is your paddock name? So you're, you're like Dr. T is what we hear, but like, what does Takuma call you? Oh, he's kind of formal. Okay. Uh, yeah. The, the, still Dr. Trammell. Yeah. Okay. What about um, Tony Kanaan? He's probably the... Tony Kanaan? Yeah. I probably can't say what he calls me <laughs> <laughs> in public. You can, though. <laughs> so um, T. Most of the time it's just T. Yeah. Sure. Because yeah. you know, he's TK and I'm T. So th- this is a, I mean, not to, this is a very broad question, but 
we've this has come up in a few of our podcast episodes before because I'm kind of obsessed with this concept, the the movie of the week thing. Yeah. Um, yep. So in every lifetime movie of the week, you know the like. There's sports story. Yeah, sports story. Like, there's a car crash, and now the figure skater is stuck in the uh, hospital ward. And, high and school football player. The high school football player. Way. And he is told, you will never play football again. And I have this theory that doctors don't say that. They give, like, probabilities and, like, ah, here's the reality of what you're facing. But they're never going to literally say, you will never do X again. Yeah, I, I can't recall. Well, I can tell, start over another sure. way. One of the first things they teach you in uh, North Peak, certainly, is there's no always or never. Exactly. Either one. Yeah. Um, and so anything can happen, and that applies to, to recovery. Right. And uh, obviously there are sports stories out the wazoo of people that Miraculous. You know, we're never, never going to do whatever. anything. And then, yeah, right. you know, double amputee wins how many gold medals. Right. Um, so in medical so school, they teach it never to say never. Yeah, and then in, in acting school, they're like, always say never. You literally never said you'll never draw no, to I anybody. Don't, well, yeah. no, because I've been really fortunate because of the pa patients. There, there are two groups of people that are a doctor's dream, race car drivers and Indiana farmers. And that probably applies to Ohio and Illinois, the, the farmer part, not where you're from. Sure. Because... The drivers don't know what else to do, and so they'll always go back to some kind of driving. Right. Um, and farmers have to farm. They don't really have a choice. Their life they, it, right? The longer they're not, the longer they're not making money. Right. right. They got to eat. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. I read your note well, about and, that before. And even, like, okay. a, even the guys that farm that are doing well um, still got to farm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what they do. Got to keep working. Uh, so yeah, our our conversation driver wise is pretty much routine is like not if but when right right and, and so we give them realistic expectations and uh, you know Zanardi's got to be the, the best of the best right. is that he's proven that you can do anything you want to do right right all right so just for those who don't know your background yeah. so Indiana boy Indiana boy born and born and bred and uh, uh, where where because you're not from like Indianapolis per se no, you're, Richmond you're, which is a border town it's okay a, I-70 at Ohio. <laughs> okay, okay. And Ohio, is that how you yeah. pronounce it? You said Ohio, like we can't well, call it Ohio? If Ohio, you like the state. Right. No, it, Richmond is is the, in, the address for because Richmond. Because it's on the border. Is Indiana right. in Ohio. Ohio. Okay. Yeah. Ohio. You yeah. can't say with it hard O. Well, because you're on the border. Oh, of I got you. There you go. Because yeah, okay. like you can walk into I'm Ohio. I'm here. I'm yeah. back. Yeah, you're Which back. Which is yeah. very, right. very yeah. important for a 16-year-old in high school because <laughs> Ohio yeah. is an eight, back then was a 3-2 beer state. Right. Ah, so copy. All you had to do is get across the line. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, copy. So copy. probably the smartest guy we've ever talked to yeah. is all about some drinking. I'm liking yeah. this so far. Yeah, we're fine here. Yeah. What did, uh, what did mom and dad do? My dad is an electrical engineer, uh, worked for a power company, and um, was the smart guy in the family. Um, my mom is a typical Italian mom. She's okay. still going full speed. Was she from Italy or uh, Italian? American? She was born here, okay. but she was first generation here. Mm -hmm. um, and she's still going strong. We did Mother's Day yesterday, and yeah. she's 94. Right. Okay. So, yeah. stopped, she made us stop counting at 90. <laughs> <so>. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> was there like a, in your hometown, was there a mill? 
Well, yeah, Richmond has a, there was a cabinet business, but what Richmond's known for is there's a huge Alcoa plant that made wire. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, that would be your mill. Back then, yeah, so there was a, a wire mill. All those yellow buses come from mm-hmm. Richmond Wayne bus or whatever. The, and then how I got interested in racing is my dad went from the power company to becoming the facilities engineer for what was then Perfect Circle. Okay. And they made piston rings and sleeve castings and sponsored race cars. So I started going to dirt tracks when I was in junior high school. And and your dad wasn't a racer himself? No, he he just went because they made the sleeve castings and the piston rings and so on and so forth. um, He was a South Carolina boy, so racing in South Carolina is driving your car to work. Yeah, right. Right. Normal. Yep. And uh, so there was exposure. And I really, really like the dirt stuff because you go and you just get so dirty. <laughs> and yep. Nobody cared. You could stand on the track for all the. <laughs> right, you know. right. Yeah. My most favorite race in in the area was when they they had called the Hoosier Hundred. Yeah, yeah. And sure. the, the fairgrounds. Way back when, you could stand outside the fourth turn between the grandstands, and there was like a little wire fence, like chicken wire. Yeah. yeah. And they you'd kind of push it around and get where you wanted to be. Right. And so the badge of honor was if you got cut, if you got hit yeah, hard so enough to right. actually have blood. <laughs> right, yeah. That was, yeah, you know, yeah, that was a big You're somebody now. Yeah, and they're oh, like yeah. looking at this 12-year-old kid like, someday that kid's going to be a safety innovator. <laughs> 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 yeah. I know firsthand you got to put a wall here. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh-huh. Uh, that's amazing. Well, but that's actually, but that's, I mean, right there is kind of the, the testament to kind of where you fall in the sport in the sense that, like, obviously you're a big part of this you know the safety movement we've had over the last couple of decades but you were the kid that had his hands wrapped around the fence so you understand that kind of nostalgic love of going to those kind of events and and danger is the wrong word but it sounds like you understood what it just the well you wanted to feel, feel I mean, of it you yeah. wanted to be in it yeah. and uh they, they you know then the, the next step was to actually get a a pass or credential so right. you could get on the inside we're still waiting for that um <laughs> and that wasn't nearly as exciting because all the dirt goes out. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah it's so taking away one of the visceral experiences. Yeah, yeah. So I was getting pelted by stuff. Yeah. yeah. So how do you go from dirt track, you know, bum kid with your dad to photographer's assistant at the speed lane? Okay. The, my next door neighbor was was a um, pro photographer. Yeah. When I was in uh, when I first started in residency, and he knew I had a, a sports interest and so on and so forth. Plus, he was a pretty big guy, and I was not a big gu- yeah. big guy. So I would help carry stuff just because I wanted to go to the track. Be there, yeah. yeah. And um, I got all kinds of cool assignments. I actually still have the $5 bill from the one, the first picture that I sold. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, cool. Yeah. It was of a young lady looking into somebody's sunglasses who were looking at her something attributes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Check it out. I thought <laughs> it was kind of a cool picture. Somebody thought so, and they bought it for 5 bucks. Nice. <laughs> and uh, that was my so you're a professional profes- photographer. Yeah, that was my professional yeah. debut right. and my only professional sale. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ended on a high note. Yeah. So, so you so you go to Vanderbilt and you did your residency there as well, is that right? No, I came back here. I got an engineering degree, Vanderbilt. I have ah, a degree. Okay. I, I we, went there to be a bio. This isn't going to bio- work this dinner. <laughs> the call. Biomechanical engineer back then. And okay. along about three quarters of the way through, they said, you know, we don't really have a degree in that. We have a degree program. But the piece of paper is going to say you get choices. And huh. so I said, okay, well, I got a whole lot of chemistry. I'll, I'll just be a chemical engineer. Right. And so that's what I was. And uh, there wasn't a whole, not like it is now because there wasn't a whole lot of distinction. Mm-hmm. There were three or four different tracks, electrical, mechanical, chemical, civil. And I think that's about it back okay. then. And so you had a whole lot of everything. 
Um, and then at the end, you kind of picked what you were going to grow up to be. Right. And uh, I did that. And I said, okay, so I have a degree in chemical engineering. And as a senior, I had a work-study job to do um, biomechanical research, and I was testing uh, dialysis membranes. Okay, yeah. Okay. And they have a variety of substances. And this is kind of a little side story that probably gets somebody exhumed. But um, <laughs> Good. The, the chemical engineering department of Vanderbilt was very, very small then. So every, all the professors knew all the students, and it was, it was very homey. And then we found out when we graduated, they had a consulting company. And the reason we had so much real-world experience is we were actually doing their real work. Uh, yeah. okay. So they yeah. had multiple solutions to problems. Well, wow. That's how we source our editing. Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah. so that's how I got into the dialysis membrane stuff. And I started, I don't know, six weeks or so before the actual semester my senior year started because I went and was doing work. And my, I had to meet weekly with my faculty advisor. And I came in one day at his office, and he's, like, putting his books and stuff into boxes and cleaning out his desk. And I'm, like, panicked because school hasn't even started yet. And I'm, like, what are you doing? And he goes, I have one last. He said, I, I'm going on sabbatical. He said, actually, I'm going to go to medical school. And I'm, like, dumbfounded. And, and he said, so I have one last piece of advice for you. If you're going to be a biomedical engineer, biomechanical at that time, um, and work with doctors, they won't listen to you unless you are one. Said they they don't talk to anybody that doesn't have MD behind their name. Right. Mm. They said, they're all assholes. <laughs> okay, so now I am one. Right. So there was no like there was so no like, like lifelong yearning to be an MD. Yeah. This was just sort now of this just happened. Kind of right. into it. This was like holy shit. You know what am I going to do to <laughs> right to now? Yeah. And uh, so I was running around campus. The the guy that was in charge of getting people into medical school was like laughed when I came and said, you know, I want to go to medical school. And yeah. he was like, not a million years. Right. right. <laughs> that happen. So I took two semesters of biology and one semester with the freshman nurses. And uh, it was an interesting experience. Right. Wow. Uh, wow. And he gave yeah. you a perfect way to call him an asshole. Yeah. I didn't do it. And he didn't do I it. I didn't take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that'll make sense later. Uh, so, like, at the time, because, like, could you just do that just four years into college and say, yeah, I want to do it? Like, was there an MCAT and all the Oh, yeah, I had to oh, take yeah. the MCATs and yeah, yeah. all that jazz and, and go knocking on doors and begging and so yeah. on and so forth. And then the places I got accepted to, I couldn't afford. Right. So it was like, hmm. And I begged my way into IU. And I said, That's cool. Kind of, I had the grades right. for it and all that stuff, but it, the traditional pathways and those were melting down then. I mean, I, I may have been one of the first engineers to, to matriculate at IU. Right. But others, there were lots of others that came afterwards. So you, you go to IU, 75 to 79, for your, for your medical degree. Right. Eventually that leads you I, to a spinal surgery fellowship. Right. So, again, here... Yeah, well, my eight years earlier, you weren't even going to medical school. Exactly. Now you're doing, like, the hardest thing you could possibly do. <laughs> what? What? Well, I got invited to be a hand surgeon, and, and I really liked hand surgery, but I can't sit for very long. Okay. My derriere does not tolerate being seated for long we're, periods of time. We're a little different. A little ADD, you know. Okay. And uh, so anyway, the, I really was interested in spinal surgery because it's very three-dimensional, um, a lot of moving parts, and so it was very appealing. And the... There weren't a whole lot of places in the world that were renowned for spine surgery. Um, one of them was in Minneapolis, and I went there and interviewed. And really, 
I like the guys. However, the, the one surgery that I went and watched, the everybody was over six feet tall, all, right. the, all so the staff guys. Right. And I was like, you know, this isn't going to happen. I'll be up on a, I'll be on one of those little step stools right. and I'll fall right. off and break my neck. Right. So I'd read that you'd actually been doing some medical stuff at the track prior to that, like assisting in the medical. Well, they had a program a long time ago. Yeah. Um, when Dr. Hanna was the, the medical person, where they would have medical students come and, and you had to work work two sessions and you'd bring your, you know, wear your little white coat and you right. had all your books and you had a stethoscope, all, all the things that were totally useless. You had to look the part. Yeah. And you'd sit in the ambulance, which was a hearse. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. You were As supposed you to administer to... And this was well, like early 70s? Yeah, this was like 73? Like yeah. No, 70, and it had to be... Yeah, it was 73, because yeah. 73 was the year that Saltwater crashed, and uh, the race right, went yeah. on for a month, and yeah. you know, yeah. all this kind yeah. of stuff. Anyway, so I, I go and I do this, and the whole time I'm terrified, because I'm not sure I could open a Band-Aid, let alone right. actually yeah. take care of somebody. <laughs> right. So I got by my two sessions with nothing bad happened. And I ended up going to um, the you know, race day because that's the deal. You went you did the you get, ticket yeah. you got two tickets and two box lunches. Cool. Well, Ooh, little large. Yeah. I thought, okay, this is going to be fun. You get yeah. to sit in the first turn. And it's a good place. Well, they didn't bother to tell us that only the, your guest got to sit in the seats because you had to go work in some infield tent. Oh, so interesting. Wow. I had this fabulous assignment. I was in a, a tent, literally, um, where the tunnel comes out between three and four, mm -hmm. and there there was a space there with an old Army nurse that actually knew something. Okay. And I can't remember if we had a, there was another guy there or not, but all I know is everything came through the door was some catastrophic thing that I had no idea what right. I was supposed to do with. Yeah. Uh, um, they set a bomb, you know, they set an aerial bomb off and all the motorcyclists would come in first. They'd been, you know, lined up. Well, they always ran over somebody. Well, this, sure. this time okay. they ran over a um, track worker and um, he ended up being paralyzed. But the guy that ran over him clotheslined himself on a, on a wire because they had wires on poles to keep you from going in places where you weren't supposed to. Oh, wow. Okay. It, so this was just like yeah. an expected thing. Yeah, he had like an open trachea laceration. I was like, I've never even read about some of this right. stuff. Right. I haven't right. seen anything. And this is like an right. everyday annual thing that they would go through. Oh, yeah. This is, the nurse was just cool about stuff. She just... I've seen it all, kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, I had no idea that... All I knew is they didn't do the race. I didn't know so that there had been a big crash in the front race. Because, yeah, we didn't have all the radios and all that stuff. Yeah. It was just by word of mouth. And uh, most of them taking care of drunks and diabetics that were drunk. Yeah. Right, yeah. So I said, that's it. I'm not coming back to this deal. Yeah, this isn't what I <laughs> want to do. No. Yeah. I right. said, I, I like the track, but I think I'll come as a photographer. And I had the opportunity to do that. So that's how I ended up doing it. Okay. Did that diminish your love for the sport or the speedway? Like kind of seeing it from that side? No. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, so that can be traumatic for a lot of people to see stuff like that and also think, no, that's not what this is supposed to be. It's supposed to be the beautiful speedway and all the luster and well, glory. A, I had a, a particular love of the animals, I guess. Okay. The, <laughs> those, uh, <laughs> I, those are your people? <laughs> the snake pit was yeah. like yeah, yeah, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I uh, didn't absolutely. participate. On, I stayed on my side of right. the fence. You, just, but you stand but there and nature is amazing. You enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. People yeah. watching. It's yeah, a sport. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. People watching. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so I, yeah, I didn't I was glad to see that they were that enthusiastic right. about yeah, that's a passion. Yeah. That's a passion. Exactly. Now, now we're yeah. jumping around a bit. Now, obviously, <laughs> like, 
paralysis from motorcycle brigades and and <laughs> unseen uh, tracheotomies maybe not so much but like it, are are the medical calls within the speedway today still more often than not fan stuff oh yeah they yeah. they treat a huge number of fans and the you know the that's the dichotomy is we've gotten better and better and better at protecting the drivers right and the, well, the fans the they fans get themselves more contained right they're you know the the mud and the slop and you what can happens say i mean right. i i literally have taken care of people that from the when this snake pit was in the first turn yeah who got run over and didn't know it till they came to the next day right right <laughs> so yeah they bring them in they're still covered with mud and right and how'd that happen so i got no idea i woke up and i had a broken leg yeah <laughs> and it's got tire marks on it so. i went to the 595 and we were in the snake pit for like five seconds basically and my dad was showing me he's like yeah watch all these idiots they're all going to climb on each other's shoulders and try to build a human tower and there's like 25 people doing this and climbing up each other and eventually they all fell yeah, down course. and it was just like broken bones everywhere it's like we're leaving we're leaving right now i'm like where are we yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. The, the greatest medical training ground was the coca-cola lot you know when they let people camp there all month and it was just a steady stream of things that, <laughs> that, that you things that aren't in the book right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. how'd you get that you know, that's like not war, possible yeah, maybe in a war you'd see stuff like that <laughs> <Right>. not, <laughs> not recreationally so yeah i read that steve olvey who's been a longtime partner of right. yours through, through this whole thing uh he had the same thing he was more likely to be handing out band-aids and aspirin and, and sunscreen to to drunk fans yeah, than right. than actually like putting race car drivers back together that was kind of the deal well in the day that was kind of the thing is you wanted to be the guy that had the sunscreen because right. <laughs> that's a big deal <laughs> right? yeah. 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 like hand to god right <laughs> right exactly <laughs> <laughs> how did you uh, 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 i don't know how did you end up in spinal specifically like was there something about that or was it literally just because it was more well, handy? It, yeah. I had an interest in, in child deformities and scoliosis okay. and a lot of that stuff. That was a, was that something that ran in your family? Or? My mother has, has really bad scoliosis, okay. and I'm sure that played a, a role in it. Right. Um, they actually, I was in practice for a couple of years, and the, the guy who trained me ended up operating on my mom. And uh, that, that's kind of a cute story. As, as I was When I was still a fellow, I brought all of her x-rays because we had her x-rays for 40 years or whatever. And uh, I brought him up, and was, we had this big conference, and everybody from the whole city was there. All the fellows had to go to all the conferences, whether it was if you were the hand guy, you still had to go to the spine thing, and so on and so forth. So I put these x-rays all up, and the guy that was training me got up, and he would critique the presentation, and so on and so forth. And he was just livid that anybody in their right mind would let this go on to this degree and not treat it. And... It was just really ranting and raving and so on and so forth. And he took a pause and he goes, where is this woman? I said, Ed, that's my mother. Her mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. The the Rick Mears crash in Canada is what brings you back to the sport. Is that correct? Yeah, that that was the um, that was a real drawing card. What's, what started it is um, the reason I ended up doing this at all. I had a, a nice cush assignment uh, in let's see, '81. I was supposed to be on the inside, on the outside of the third turn, taking pictures. And I, Don so, Blake was a. So you never stopped 
doing speedway stuff. It's just you literally were now the quote pro photographer making yeah, five I was, with a well, I, total know, net I, of five dollars. I got a sign and okay. I, I got a place to sit and I had a credential and all that yeah. stuff. So I was supposed to be outside the third turn wall because that was in the day when there were no stands or anything. You could right. like kneel down, put your camera on the wall, and sure. so on and so forth. And then on Friday before the race, my most senior partner came and well, back up a little bit. Part of the deal with the new boy on the block in the in our group in Ortho Indy, which was Orth Peaks Indianapolis then, um, was the new boy on the block had to take ER call on all the holidays uh, right. um, yeah. for the for a year. It's like hazing almost. It's an right. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah like, right. Yeah, right of passage. So yeah. it's okay. I was cool with that. However, I didn't think about race day oh, as being a holiday. Weekend. It's yeah, not yeah. Memorial Day. Right, right. So he came like on Friday and he explained. He said, you know the race day is part of the call thing so yeah. you've got two days in a row not one right i said well i can't do that i'm supposed to be taking pictures and he got a little gruff and he goes what this isn't a request this yeah, is part of your contract yeah, deal. Right. yeah yeah so i called well, i went home and i told don i said i can't go and I, I can't do it and i was at the i had to stay at the hospital because that's part yeah. of the deal and listen to it on the radio and daniel guys crashed and they were like you know they didn't know if he was alive or dead or whatever and they hauled him into the er and his legs dangling and um one of the er guys there's a back then there was a gradation system for what's salvageable and what wasn't right and he had a non-salvageable extremity meaning amputee amputation right right. and i was like (laughs) that's not part of the equation (laughs) i'm the new boy on the block this is my first first big deal we're not taking his leg off yeah and, um, and these were, were these compound fractures I read. Oh yeah, yeah. So like bones are sticking out, blew out the right, right. bones going everywhere. Right. There's no the cut the blood vessel to us. And other than working, you know, the infield, had you seen anything like that at the hospital yourself? Oh, motorcycle stuff. Okay, you know, kind of. But those those usually came in amputated. So right. Sure. Were, yeah. It's they already they be hanging on by a crappy well, skin. Also, right. at, at yeah. that age, you know, was goes. there? I don't. <laughs> was there such a thing as like? being starstruck or anything like you know if you're not really hanging around the driver so uh, so to speak it's Danny on guys I yeah. don't know what yeah, I'm supposed I, to do I really driver. didn't yeah. know who he was I oh, mean I okay. knew it was an IndyCar driver sure, but, sure. but the big deal was we're not taking his leg off right, right. and fortunately for me the the cardiovascular surgeon that was going to have to repair the artery walked by and and uh, I, I grabbed him and we we operated together because he did exposures for you do a lot of spine surgery to the chest okay sure so he was my exposure guy and i said gil, you know gil what are we going to do and he goes oh he, he'd done three tours of two or three tours Vietnam, of right? Vietnam. yeah right. right yeah so gil looks at this and goes oh this is no big deal so we'll go we'll revascularize that'd be fine he's just got to make it be still so i can put the artery together i said well i got that you know i got that shot i can i can do that and so we did and it, long story short, his leg survived. wasn't very pretty, um, and, but it survived. Yeah. And it healed. And uh, so the next year, I'd go back and I go over to the office to get my credentials because I got a photographer's pass and right, stuff, right. and they didn't have it. And I was like, I don't understand. Did I do something wrong? Right. And they said, Oh no, we, you, you have an all-access medical pass. I do. Oh yeah, it's over in the hospital. Really? I said, well, I don't do medical stuff. And the, <laughs> the lady who was really nice, uh, the, in charge of the whole deal, said, well, you must, you do now. I guess you do. <laughs> <laughs> so I, for a long time, for three or four years, I carried a bag full of cameras and Didn't my medical thing. So I'd go yeah. take pictures oh, right. until somebody crashed, and then I'd run back to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> and one, one day, Dr. Bach calls me, and he goes, 
Jeez, I he says, I don't know how to tell you this, but you got to ditch the cameras. And I was like, why? And, and he goes, well, the photographers complained that I had access that they didn't. Oh, wow. Because they'd see wow. me go into the hospital right. with this yeah, bag yeah, of yeah. cameras. Right. You know, and I'd throw it in the office as I'd go by because the last thing I wanted. Yeah. It's yeah. not fair. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some days they'd lay there for three days before I'd get back from the hospital. Sure. Oh, yeah. um, but they thought I was... I had an unfair advantage. Right. So it was fine, so they put the cameras away and decided to be a doctor. So camera rankings. Yeah, right. They, they yeah. wanted camera rankings. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. It, it started there. That's yeah. where it began. <laughs> no. So at what point do you start kind of becoming part of the circuit? Because like the Rick well, Mayer one Well, 84, well, that yeah. was the yeah. deal. And that was that was a good, you know, that's kind of a story. It's in Alvi's book, but I was on call. It was one of my weekend call things. So it was a Friday morning. We were making rounds, and I get this phone call from, from all of He says, you know, here's, here's the deal. He tells me all about mirrors. He says, we need you to come up here. And I said, you don't understand. I'm on call. I can't leave. And he goes, here, would you like to tell Mr. Penske that? Right. And I'm like, I don't think oh. that's a good idea. Please don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I need to talk to Mr. Penske. Right. And so I called my senior most partner, and I said, here's here's what's going down. And he, he knows all these guys. And I, I said, well, can I? Could you cover for me tonight while I go? He goes, I'll cover for you, but I have an 8 o'clock tea time tomorrow morning. He said, so <laughs> you got to be back by 8 o'clock. Right. I'm thinking, I'm going to fly to Canada. Yeah. And just to set this up, Mears, yeah. this is 84 Mears had a massive crash. It attracted it's not even around anymore. San Air. San Air. San Air. It's like, like a 7 eighths mile oval. Yeah, and and a little yeah. Yeah. bull ring. Yeah, yeah, 19 right. second laps back then. Right. So. Yeah. Right. Um, and they were going to amputate both his feet. Yeah. And I said, you know, don't amputate anything. Just, I'll be there. So I fly up there, and uh, Penske, comes, yeah, Penske comes and gets me. So yeah. this, this, oh, we're talking, yeah. you know, quick transit. Um, go straight to the hospital. They were you know, expecting my arrival and looked at it and said, you know, we can, we don't need to amputate these. Certainly don't need to amputate these tonight. Let's get them back to the States and take care of them. And, uh I said, okay, now I gotta go. <laughs> so, <laughs> this guy's got a tea time. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be back. <clears throat> so I'm on. Doctor Albie's there, and I'm on my way out to go do this. And I he wants to know what's going on. And two things: I'm, I'm supposed to call this number and and uh, let him know that everything went okay. And uh, it's like four in the morning now. Call this guy and let him know that everything's okay. And then Albie, I told Albie, I said, I know this nurse back in Indy that would be perfect for being the transport person and if, if we'll just swap when i get back in the plane she'll meet me at the airport and go I said, do you, do you? he said oh i can call her I, I'll, t I'll, I'll take care of it okay so i'm okay fine and uh i get ready to go and i oh, shit, i gotta call this guy so i go to a phone booth put my name on the phone and uh call this number and we get this guy that obviously i woke up and i'm thinking okay and i tell him who it is and and he he uh, identifies himself. He's, he's the prime minister of, of Quebec province. Wow. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I, I said, I'm so sorry. I must have gotten the wrong number. And he said, well, is this Dr. Tramlin? I said, yes, sir, it is. And he goes, no, I, I wanted to be sure that everything went according to, to plan and you, everything, you're fine with everything. Wow. And I said, uh, yes, sir, I'm, everything, everything's fine. Yeah. Said, you know, the people, I was well received, no problems. Give everybody my yeah. congratulations for their Blah blah blah, yeah. and I I get back home and I'm like, 
did this just really happen? Did I just really talk to the prime minister? Right. Flew on a private plane for Penske right. to and fro. Well, yeah. I yeah, guess yeah. he and Roger were tight. And yeah, right. He wanted to know what everything yeah, came down. Because sure. you don't just walk into somebody's hospital without a license and sure. yeah, know, right. be yeah. ready to operate and all yeah. this kind of stuff. So they pulled all the strings and it worked fine. I used to carry his, his x-rays with me. Um, when they when we, before we had all the electronic gadgets, sure. Because I was scared of anything to have another crash, and, you, yeah. and you'd have to have the old X-rays to figure out what just broke. Yeah, oh, right. And, yeah. and that's what happened the the year that he won the. I never thought about one. that. Yeah, right. yeah you got to yeah. track the. He, yeah. He, yeah, he broke a bone in his foot, and the only way he could drive was to put his other foot on top of it. Right. So um, he, that's why he didn't slow down. <laughs> his feet on it. <laughs> he right. just had to keep his on his yeah. left foot on the right foot to keep going and. You wow. can't use a brake that way. So yeah. And then, how is that? A, a common thing I've read about you with all all these drivers and people you had to work with was that if it's not going well, you take it really personal. Oh, very. Like, it's yes. very personal. Yeah. And one of the quotes I read was that when you didn't know how Rick was going to fare, you went home and took it out on your kitchen. Yeah, pretty much. I Well, I didn't hurt anything in the kitchen because I don't break things because I I'm a tight one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that. That's um, expensive. The idea, you know, there, I've been tempted to do things like that, right. and then I always think about how much it's going to cost to fix it. Right. So I right. Don't. Yeah. But I sat at the kitchen t- kitchen counter uh, on a stool most of the rest of the night until the sun came up, so that I could go back and look at his feet because I was afraid they weren't going to make it. Yeah. And uh, there wasn't anything else to do except sure. wait. Yeah. And so yeah, it's I the sat worst. there in the kitchen all night. And, yeah. Um, I don't even think I didn't drink, drank, and I didn't drink coffee that much then. So I don't know what I drank, but yeah. it wasn't either of the above. Yeah. yeah, adrenaline, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Does the personal side of this come from just the way you are as a as a human being, or is it because you grew up near here? The speedway is what it is. The risk that's so high. These guys are heroes. I refer to IndyCar car drivers on ovals as modern yeah. day gladiators yeah. because it's incredible. But, but well, I, I think that's just a patient thing. Yeah. Is is I have a lot of patients who became close friends. Right. And you get invested in their well-being, sure. and you do things. I was I always colored outside the lines. Okay, since I, I really did that as a kid, and I probably nowadays would be ADD, <laughs> but I got really emotionally invested in my patients, mm-hmm. and so especially with the drivers, and it's gotten worse as I've gotten older because they guys living with us. I used to laugh and say, you, you knew that you'd had way too many crashes when you showed up at my house and you knew where the towels were, <laughs> you knew where the room was, right. you knew where right. the water was. I'll just take my old you know, room. Yeah, yeah. You, your, your old room, your bottle of water, your towels, your favorite bathroom, right. all this stuff. You know? Yeah, because we, we've uh, read that a lot of drivers have stayed with you yeah. in the recovery period. It's what you think to be the best way yeah. to get them with a quick recovery. Uh, we learned that Takuma Sato has been living with Steve his manager and his family for oh, the last eight years without getting his own place. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. He's st- like last night yeah. came dinner with us. He's right the there The 500 winners is just a freeloading son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Right. For eight <laughs> years yeah. straight yeah. and doesn't pay rent. So yeah, cool. yeah. he's got a good deal. Um, was there any driver that was in the recovery process that you're like, no, no, now you have to leave. Like now it's time to go kiddo. Uh, I don't want to mention names, but yeah, there was we'll one. We'll bleep it. Yeah. We'll bleep the name. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I've only had one driver that, or can we we can guess, and we'll bleep our guesses. We'll bleep okay. no matter what. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't he had to depart? Right. And uh, it was, it was oh, okay. he, yeah. he just was incorrigible. I mean, right. he that was at the height of his um, aberrances. Uh, and uh, it'd sure. be like you know you can't in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You can go out in the bar. Yeah, but you right. can't 
Right. And you can't go to the barn because you can't walk on your, you know, you have to use your crutches. Right. And we had a, a you know, when were you fully recovered? When, when would you go back to racing? And the joke was, it was when you could beat my wife in a go-kart, you, you were good to go. Right, right, okay? right. Not to mention that she was the world champion in an enduro in, kart in at Daytona. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, <laughs> But most of the guys knew that. If they didn't, they figured it out real quick. He's the, he's the only one that gamed the system. Oh, yeah. oh okay. There we go. okay. Yeah. He picked the place and the carts and had them smart. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Her yeah. cart was wound hey. down. She goes out and does a lap, comes back in. She says, this is nonsense. Not, not We're fair. not doing this. This isn't fair. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a driver's job is put yourself in the best yeah. opportunity to win. Oh, yeah. of course. He's doing his job. Yeah. yeah. All right. He was doing his job. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, that was right. So th- you were kind of part of that first real full-time safety team this series had yeah. then. And, um, I mean, even today, we may be involved some, in some series that don't do that still. Right. Um, right. Does it drive you insane? That, that, well, especially the ones that have the money to do it. Hey, yeah, yeah. Like it would be, yeah. The one in particular that, that you know, could, by God, if they decided that was what they wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, I mean cause what are the advantages? I assume, like, the x-ray thing is a perfect example yeah. that you know exactly, oh, no, no, that was from three crashes right. ago. And right, 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 right. Um, and the, that one bothers me. To the lack of a full-time safety team? Yeah. Yeah. The, For some the other European series. series. Yeah. Because that one, money-wise. And then I don't understand the, the thought process for why the, the U.S.-based one doesn't have yeah, I, I mean, I understand the part that in, in order to make that work, to have a full-time safety team, the guys have got to have real jobs. Right. Okay, the, you have to have your hands in the the gook and doing yeah. it every day, and that would require a lot of people because nobody sure. can do sixty or however many events the, yeah. the big cars do. Um, we were fortunate, you know, eighteen events. I think the most I ever had to do in a year was twenty-four, and that included testing yeah because um, you're literally double dipping you're doing yeah i still IndyCar, came back to work. whatever it was and coming back to ortho right. indy and doing your day job and so. that's the my partners that was the joke is they knew when i was in town because my suitcase was in front of my office door because nice. wow. my secretary did my uniforms <laughs> she'd take <laughs> yeah. them home do my laundry because right. she knew i wasn't going home till i had to leave again yeah, yeah. and uh that that's a you know very small number compared to like you know, NASCARs. Mm-hmm. So they'd have to have a big safety team. Right. And you don't want people that aren't actively engaged yeah. or have so much experience that they're still active. But um, so in other words, that would encourage maybe less experienced people or people just burn out too quick. Well, you, you get old. You yeah. Know, you, you have to be current. So Ron is your wife. Yes. And she used to race. Yeah. My wife is... is good she's technically very good and uh, she has the the wherewithal to do it well she was one of the original ppg girls that drove the uh for indy car for car oh, for the yeah, yeah. car back okay. in the day and then because uh, basically they had a fleet of female drivers doing sort of a lot of the thrill yeah, rides, precision so drive yeah, stuff. Okay. and she at the same time was racing go-karts then we went from go-karts to barber Saab, barber dodge uh, to Indy, tested for Indy lights, and then, they wanted, then the checkbook yeah. Yeah, then, didn't yeah, have that, enough that for the zeros yeah. in it. You know, like. So she was a real deal, though. But that was a, a real fun thing because I remember Mid Ohio one year, and she was running the Barber, it was Barber Dodge then, and I was timing and so on and so forth. 
And I'm sitting on the pit wall. See, come back. You know, see a lap goes by. Like, and are you guys together at this point? Yeah. Okay. We're not married. We're just right. You yeah, sort of hanging. So we're not uh, no timing and so on and so forth. And the announcer goes, "That's okay, Doctor Dreamo." She says she's fine, but she kind of damaged the car. <laughs> <laughs> and I, after that, I had a thousand dollar ashtray on my thing. It was the uh, cast aluminum cap from where the rear wing went on the transmission. Okay, yeah, and yeah. That's what she scrubbed off. <laughs> Didn't hurt the car much, but I got. I was probably the one of the most favorite people that Barbara Dodge ever had. I wouldn't pay for anything unless I got it. I got to kill. Uh, okay. yeah. Pretty much yeah. enough parts to build the body to a Barbara Dodge car. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Nice. That's excellent. I said, you're not going to sell this to somebody else as a yeah. rehabbed part. Yeah. Right. Keep right. this. Yeah. Right. Paying uh, for it. And uh, there would be, there were times that were giggles. The uh, there's a great piece on ESPN. We were racing in Vancouver, and the on the lead lap, a car must have. Um, I don't know if it blew an oil line or it got hit. I never did figure out why the fire, but there was, you know, like out of a movie, fire. Um, just a wall of oil fire and sure. so forth. And so when we got around to the scene, there were all these cars are stacked up and so on and so forth. And I'm looking, and she's not there, so I'm like, okay, that's good, because yeah. the radio wasn't working or whatever. So I go up to this car, and I go to pull the nose of a car out of the back end of the car. And I look up, and it's her nose cover, you know, the shock cover. And I remember on it, and I go, oh, <laughs> and ESPN. Right, 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 right. <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, and I knew she was okay, so that wasn't a big problem. Right, but right, it right, was like, like, this is going to be really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that was that kind of stuff. How'd you guys meet? How'd you meet her? On the racetrack. Okay. Um, in a crash? No. Oh, okay. Actually, <laughs> I was, was, we were getting ready to start a race at, at uh, Mid-Ohio, and she yep. was driving the pace car. And one of the girls came up and said, there's one of our girls has had a crash recently and has a problem. And could you take a look at her? So she kind of shyly wandered over to the car. So I started look, taking a look at her, and somebody else that was more aggressive came up and wanted me to look at something they had so she wandered off and uh the the girl that was making this happen said well you know could i have her call you and i said well i'll give her my nurse's i'll give you my nurse's card to have her call so she comes and i ended up operating on her wrist and her ankle and uh that's kind of a cute story because that was in the day that i was doing like you know 15 16 hour days for surgery and everything was running late and i got she was the last one on the schedule. When I got finished with it, I realized that everybody had left except the recovery room. I had no way she was an outpatient. And uh, I was like, oh, what are we going to do with you? It's in a cab back to the hotel. So I said, well, I have to go right past the speedway on the way home, so I'll take him back to your room. And right. She gets in my car, and I had a Porsche. I had Danny yeah, Sullivan's you Porsche. Did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah. she gets in the Convenient. car, and she's, like, not impressed. And I said, look, the only rule is you can't throw up in my car. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. our rule. That's I our rule. Said, yeah, yeah, I said, you can't throw up in my car. <laughs> so uh, I'm on my way to the track, and I think, oh, this is not good. I said, my luck, I'm, Robin Miller's going to come staggering out of the bar drunk. He's going to see me putting this girl in a hotel room. And I said, this is going to go really bad. So that was 92. Yeah. And Jeff Andretti is resonant in, in the turn two suites because yeah. he's getting over his being beat up. And uh, I called Jessica. And I said, look, 
don't ask me any questions because I'm almost there. Um, you you need to go to room such and such and just stand outside the room. I'm, I'll be there in less than 10 minutes, and you'll see why I need you and become a parent. So I pull it, and she's like, no, start, Jessica's got a, you know 8,000 questions. I said, no, you don't understand. Do it. Just do it for me. So she's standing there, and I pull up in the car, and I said, here's the deal. I've got a patient who's an attractive young lady who's still kind of drugged up and <laughs> needs to be tucked into her bed. And I said, I really can't do that myself. Yeah, right. So can you help me yeah, out? Right. So she did, and everything went fine. My nurse took care of it. And I, I actually never saw her again until like two years later. And at that point, I'm divorced, and she brings these crutches back to the medical center that she'd had for two, two years, years. Like, yeah. like right. we needed them yeah we yeah. gotta bring and those back yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> so she comes back and, and drops these things off and i just i was having a brain fade i guess and i just said you know would you like to have dinner tonight oh well, yeah sure and i'm all the way back to the hotel i'm thinking what did i just do <laughs> <laughs> and that was the beginning of the end right so. yeah right Smooth. So, smooth. Yeah. so, so the, the Porsche didn't work. The, no, it she was, doesn't like Porsche. It was your work. Yeah, I guess the, the right. work worked. Yeah. yeah, she was not a great patient, but um, <laughs> what can I say? So anyway, yeah, it worked. Everything worked okay. out fine. Yeah. So the coat is far more powerful. Yeah, she liked the NSX way better than the Porsche. She didn't. Oh, boom! Yeah. There <laughs> we go. Right there, there we go. Shaking hands, okay. like gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. My, yep. my NSX yep. had three numbers for the VIN numbers. <laughs> it was one of the first ones made. Nice. And okay. What, do you yeah. still have it? No. Uh, are you still on the full-time IndyCar schedule? I go to all the ovals. Okay. And then I, I don't have to go to the um, road courses, but I have to be available to pick up the sure. Available. Sure. To yeah. Yeah. And I actually monitor them i have a, a really cute photograph i can't remember where where they were racing so it, it was in the spring because and it'll become apparent the um I, the girl that um, we all work in a row when we're i'm there the girl that sits next to me sends me a text and wants to know if i'm i'm basically suited up and ready for the race and so i sent her a picture back and says you know all these monitors you know two com two or three computer monitors and blah 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 and a big screen tv and I said, see if you can tell me what's wrong with this picture. And I sent it to her, and she's looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. Finally, they give up, and they come back and say, now you got the race, you got timing and scoring, you got the truck cameras and all this stuff. I said, what's wrong with this picture? I said, the big screen's got the masters on it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The important stuff. Yeah, yeah. as it should be. Oh. Yeah, right. So just to kind of go through a who's who of, of names here, you've worked on mirrors, as we talked about, yeah. Foyt, a bunch of Andretti's, PK. Right. Um, I mean, uh, Shirley Muldowney, for crying yeah, out loud. Shirley. Um, are there, like, we can, we have a lot of questions about this, yeah. but are there any that particularly stick out? In what regard? Well, Mears, because he was the first. Okay. Um, you know, the, the first real, let's don't amputate his feet kind yeah. of thing. And uh, Piquet stands out because he was the most mischievous and, uh, he did a really cool thing. Cause, yeah, because we, we haven't really had too many PK no. stories, but no, PK. I was heard he was not afraid to pull prank and oh, just no. be a son of a no. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> One of the, the highlights of my career was when PK was still – he and Jeff stayed – Andretti stayed here yeah. in town, and they were in the and, – And just to set the stage, Nelson PK was like one of the big F1 names of the right. 80s, you right. know, a bunch of world championships. Comes out to try the Indy 592, and this was when they were doing stupid fast speed. Yeah. Yeah. The circuit was a little different. And he 
basically something that he just lost the rear end or something went out. In turn well, four, what happened is, is it went yellow when he was, was on a hot lap, yeah. and he was pissed, and he let out of the throttle coming out of the fourth turn. He just lifted, and yeah, that was, was all not, it took. Yeah, yeah, that card, yeah. all it took. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, the, um, there's lots and lots of PK stories. <laughs> so, What's your best one? Well, the, the one that got me is I'd stop every night. On, I'd go in the morning, and I'd make rounds with he and Jeff. And then I'd go to work, and when I was coming home, I drove by, so I'd stop and be sure they were okay. Well, he always had something he wanted to show me, and this, that, or the other. And he was showing me this new McLaren, where the the three seat thing, where the, the F1 pilot sits in the middle yeah. of the passenger yeah. seat behind him on the sides. And he's like, "Well, how'd you like to have one of those?" I said, "Nah, I said, I'd really rather have a Ferrari." So I, I have this thing for the, the Testarossa, so yeah. I really like that one. And uh, so a few weeks later, I get this big thing in the mail from Sheldon Ferrari or yeah, South yeah. in Chicago, yep. and uh, it it's a, a letter. It says, you know, per Genelisi, who was the driver then. You know, we've arranged to acquire a, a new Testarossa. Da 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 da. How would you like it delivered? Would you want to come get it, or or shall we deliver? What? It? I'm like, <laughs> I looked at my nurse and I said, Oh my God, Nelson bought me a Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> this is unbelievable. Right. And then the bill fell out. No. <laughs> and, and, I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking, you know, I panicked. It's I like, saved you. Yeah, I don't have enough money. And, you know, I could sell the house and I couldn't buy this car. <laughs> so, uh, and not being a very, you know, I can't, I couldn't make money with a printing, printing press. So uh, I look at this thing and I'm thinking, oh, God, I got to call these people up and tell them I can't do this car. Right. In retrospect, all I had to do is tell them to deliver it and then sell it to the yeah, right. You know, put it on the market the next day sure. for twice what I paid for it. Sure. But I wasn't that smart. All I could see is, how well, am I going to float this deal? <laughs> so I called them and I said, you know, I, they were delighted because they, of course, took delivery and sold it to some other idiot. Right, yeah. Probably yeah. paid three times what sure. I was going to pay for it. Sure. But uh, <laughs> I went to Nelson and I said, I got, the, I got the thing about the car today. And he starts, he gets this grin. And uh, he goes, ah, it's really nice. He says, you can thank me now. And I said, yeah, well, I can't afford it. <laughs> and he goes, I know that. <laughs> he's, just was, he's just fooling with me. That's a, and we've kept in touch. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so on and so forth. So. so we have a sports car buddy, Joey Hand. I know Joey. So Joey Hand uh, in, in sports car right. uh, has a mega crash in mid-Ohio, multiple rolls, yeah. fuel all over him. So the solution, which was not a traveling safety team, was to strip him down and hose him down with water because they didn't want to get fuel. So he's sitting there on a gurney in public view. Freezing. And as he liked <laughs> to say, naked, the water was cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe he referred to himself as a frightened turtle. Frightened turtle yeah. was the term. It was a big, uh, big hit with the fans <laughs> on that episode. Yeah. Um, you're seeing all of these drivers at their most vulnerable. Uh, did any like? But they're still racing drivers who by nature are vain. Of course, except for Ryan. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> Did anyone ever, like, because you see these guys in travel with them, did anybody ever get caught up in that kind of thing? Or were they all okay with that? I mean, vanity-wise, let me see. The uh, Probably the the worst faux pas that I've ever done is Danny Sullivan and Lynn St. James crashed at, at uh, Michigan, okay? And Danny was hurt, and we threw him off, and I went with him and so on and so forth. We left Lynn St. James sitting on the wall. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> So that was 
number one screw up. Yeah. Um, and I know Lynn really well. She's a sweetheart. She actually told us to get you on the show. Did she? Yeah. 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 yeah we interviewed her last year. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, then she probably also told you that I left her sitting at the gate outside my house. She no, did she not. About that. No, she's a nice lady. <laughs> invited her over for dinner <laughs> and neglected to tell my wife that she was coming for dinner. Uh, forgot to put it on the calendar that she was coming for dinner. Mm-hmm. And at that time, when, when the gates closed, it's closed. Yeah. You, okay. you, yeah, yeah, there's no phone. In. There's no right. call box, right. no whatever. Oh. And Lynn sat there for a while and thought, well, how am I going to make this work? And she finally gave up and went away Right. and put it in her book, of course. <laughs> and I was like... I can't believe. Wait, so anytime not, I've ever you? asked her out to dinner since then, it's it's like she'll go. Well, how long should I wait? Right. <laughs> <laughs> wait. Did, were you not reminded until the book came out, or did she like? She see never it the said next a day? word about it until nice. the book oh, came out. That's like, evil. That's evil. Like, oh, I'll get you back. I'll get you back. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So I, and of course I read the book when it came out. And I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. Do people give thank you gifts? Do people what? Give thank you gifts. Um, actually, the things I always ask them for that it's kind of self-perpetuating is if they have to reside in the basement, they yeah. have to add to the wall. Oh, okay. And, um, okay. So they have to leave something. So, there's so what's on? So if I were to go in, what's what is the wall right now? Well, there are lots of pictures okay. that are you know signed. There are several helmets. Okay. Um, there are braces. Okay. Um, Alex oh, Z- wow. Zanardi's balaclava oh, from cool. the racetrack is, okay. is there with a, a little yeah, with sign it. Yeah, um, sure. So there's all kinds of cool stuff. You ever find yourself not getting along with any of these guys? Like, I mean, because I know a lot of people don't want to be injured. People don't like hospitals. They don't like things yeah. like that. Um, has there been somebody along the way that, you, like, just because of circumstance, you're like, God, this guy's a pain in my ass because he won't just listen to me? Because everybody knows, like, especially race car drivers, they all know better. And okay. I know a lot of people that argue with doctors. Andy Lally. Yeah. Yeah. A, like um, code. Yeah, right. Uh, has there been drivers in your past, like, literally their legs are in your hands, and they're like, no, 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 I need this or that, or, like, I know better? Is that is that a thing <laughs> who, at who your level? Who would you think of right off the top of your head? That's smarter than you. That's <laughs> uh, more uh, demanding. I was going to say Ganassi. Yeah, but I think Ganassi would be the first guy I would go to. Right. He, he's yeah. a minor league compared to who I'm thinking of. Oh, wow. Uh, oh. Uh, ooh. AJ. AJ. Oh, oh yeah, God. 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 Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, just him. Yeah. Okay. AJ I can see that. Yeah. yeah now, is that that yeah. he's smarter than a doctor, or just ain't no doctor going to tell him what to do? it started in a race car okay. yeah, with his feet augered into the dirt. Right. Right. Um, in Road America or something? Yeah, we were yeah. in Elko yeah. Lake. Yeah. And... Uh, and that car, for those who go to the museum, was on display. I don't know if it still it is. is. And With it the is front end, crazy still crazy to see yeah. the front end of a car like that mangled the way yeah. it is. Like it, it shows what it. Oh did. yeah, he yeah. pointed that out to me. We had a thing last year, and yeah. it was. I walked in, and he spoke, so it was apparent who he was talking to. <laughs> um, anyway, the when we got to the car, after running through a wall of fire, a few little things like that got to the car and, and he's trying to get out and we're trying to tell him that we need to do some things to get him out and he's like I got this I can get out and man everybody get out of the yeah, way and like the front half so, of his car is gone yeah he's, he's like into the dirt yeah. so far so I, I said to the people that were working I said everybody stand back Mr. Foyt's going to get himself out of the car and, and so, this is like seconds after there's like fire yeah, everywhere right. and you're like calmly like no let's with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mr. Foyt's going to get himself on the car. Okay. So he, he you know, <laughs> starts up and it screams about passes out. Says, yep. you know, it just hit me in the head with a hammer. 
And I said, <laughs> how about we do this my way? And that was the beginning of our relationship. And it was that kind of dialogue that yeah. went on for two years. Yeah. yeah. He would come to the office and we'd do our thing. And um, I'd tell him what I thought, it, you know, what level yeah. of activity he could be. And he'd call me from the bulldozer or the, right. you know. Right. So this to let me know that things were going a lot better than I thought they were going to go. Of course. Because so. yeah. he's smarter than you. Because he knows. Yeah. Because that was Road America 1990, yep. and uh, back in the day. Okay, and then uh, and how long of the like, how long was the road recovery for him? He was on the front row the next year. Wow. That was in September and May. He was on the front row. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Were you on site at Fontana when Greg Moore had his crash? Yeah. Did you know Greg well at all? I'm kind of responsible for that. Um, he had broken his hand, and. I did one of those, you know, I, I really don't think you're going to be able to drive. And he and his father asked, you know, what, what do you have to do? What, right. What's got to happen to make this happen? Because basically he'd been in a scooter accident? Yeah, he got hit by, I think he got hit by a car on the scooter. Yeah, right. And um, so I, I said, you know, I can try to manipulate things back into place, but they'd have to be absolutely perfect to be able to drive, and then we'd have to make something to main, hope, maintain that that would still allow you to grip the steering wheel and I said I just don't think we have the resources here so they said well do the best you can you know do what do what you can and uh, I did and it it worked unbelievably well and we were able to put all the stuff together and make it happen and you know what the result was um, that was a, a real personal deal I spent a long time because I was the one that brought him in in the ambulance so you were first on site track. So yeah. okay. I wasn't the first on site but I was the senior most person on okay. track right. okay. so I brought him in and to the helicopter and so on and so forth and uh, it was like really a, there was a whole lot of there were a couple of drivers that were really mad at me for letting them drive Right. Uh, they held me responsible for... Well, because people would made the claim that with the hand injury, maybe that played a role in his ability to counter steer or something like that. And, and do you we believe... went through that Pi data, you know, line by line by line. He drove that car all the way into the wall. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't anything to do with his hand. Right. Um, and the reality is, is that if I... I know me. I raced with a concussion once by lying yeah. to the medical staff. I saw earlier that day when I had a crash in another class and said, no, I'm fine, everything's fine. And then I raced later that day, and I knew I wasn't, right. but I was going to race because I tried to But we work. actually tested him with, you know, he had a private test. Yeah, he got a few yeah. laps at the yeah, end so of the day, we, right. To prove that he was up to speed, that we looked at all the steering <coughs> trays, um, everything you could think to look up yeah. to say that he was okay to go. Yeah. <clears throat> but now, if you had said, let's just say if you didn't have a say in it, and he could have just done it, he probably would have found a way, I imagine. Yeah. He yeah, did. he's a race car driver. Well, you know. Who was the Allison that got killed in the helicopter crash? That, yeah, David. That, uh, I looked at x-rays of his hand when he got hurt. Yeah. They just duct taped into the steering wheel. Right, right, right. It's yeah. like, you know, <laughs> science. <laughs> um, in, the, in the case of somebody like Greg's accident, which was pretty rough, are, are there accidents? I know you say never give up. Are there accidents where... Like, this is a gruesome moment, but I think of, like, Gonzalo Rodriguez. Are there accidents where you show up on site of the, or you, you're in the scene and you just kind of know that there's nothing you can do? Yeah, his, his was one of those. Rodriguez. I knew, because the car was upside down. This I is Rodriguez. First, yeah, I was yeah. the first one there. Yeah. 
you know, like a dog going under the car. Yeah. And, I mean, intellectually, you know what's wrong. Yeah. And that it's not survivable. Right. Um, but there's still that side of you that says, hey, you know, we there, can do something. there are things we've right. got to do here. And you start doing that, and then you, some part of you clicks off and goes, you know, this is futile. Right. And and you're making a big scene out of whatever. Right. And that was that was probably the most graphic one because I, I still can close my eyes and see that yeah. like I went under the car. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I was there, and I remember everybody, I mean, I'm a fan, but I remember everybody working under a tarp. Yeah. Cause was, yeah, I can only imagine. So I assume it was rough. I had about two quarts of blood all over me by the time I got out from yeah. under the car. And yeah. They wrapped me up in a sheet and sent me home. Yeah. <laughs> so, in the back of the med center. We don't have to talk about anything you don't want to talk about, but um, no. are there any where you, I know I know, giving up isn't really the right word, but are there any where you showed up thinking, I don't think we can do much, and it actually did turn around? No, because by nature, it's a fix-it mentality. Yeah. Right. The the things that happened with Zanardi yeah. were... Um, you just your mind plays tricks on you. You get up and uh, I mean, he was there was a bucket of blood. Yeah, I mean, the, to set the Zanardi story, Laos and Ring, two thousand one. I mean, just a week after everything going yeah. on, September eleven, yeah. September fifteenth. Um, Zanardi spins coming out of a pit lane onto the track, full tilt. Tagliani goes through his car. Parts of Zanardi go with it. Right. And um, so when you guys arrive on the site, the story, as I'm told, is it. You guys were literally slipping not in oil, but in Yeah, in I thought blood. it was oil. Right. I mean, I didn't know until I got there that, that I wasn't. I fell down a couple of times okay. going up the track. I was sliding. You know, not fell, but yeah, down on slipping. my knees. Right. And I get up there, and then I realize there are no legs. And stupidly, I turned to the safety guy next to me and said, where are his legs? So they went and got him. Um, not them, which that's another story. But then it turns into survival. Yeah. And how quickly can we do what we need to do? And the... I mean, the real story, it just wasn't his day to die. Yeah. Because um, that's a non-survivable. The military's got books about that because you don't survive. And, uh, you know, that's part of their triage. Is that's a non-recoverable injury. Right. But the funny story about that is, is, is um, you know, he was in an induced coma for a while. Yeah. And uh, so I, I did see him conscious after the, the thing happened for really several months but um, the story is two, two parts to the story the first part is when he came to his, his wife was real concerned about how they were going to tell him that he didn't have any legs right and uh, she said he, he, he kind of woke up wide awake um, right off the bat looked up he's covered with a sheet he lifts the sheet up and he looks down and he goes oh thank god I still have the middle one <laughs> he did. He knew. I mean, he knew from the that they were gone. And uh, I still have the middle one. Yeah. So still Zanardi. That was still that. a guy. Yeah. 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 And then uh, I got home to Hindi, and I mean, his his whole deal was always emotional, and it's just because he's Italian and I'm Italian, and. <laughs> So anyway, the phone's ringing in my in our house, and I were literally just coming in the house, getting back from Europe. And I pick up the phone and and say hello, and, and there's this pause, and it says something kind of half Italian, half English, and I'm like, who is this? 
And the voice in there goes, Alex? I said, Alex who? And it, he's like indignant, Zanardi. I said, no, you're in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> and, nope. This is all and, a dream. He goes, no, he says, I'm not in a coma anymore. And I, I said, so I, I'm not, I don't know what to say. And, and he goes, what size shoes do you wear? And I thought for a minute, and he goes, I have lots of shoes. <laughs> you can- and he knew I, I have small feet and I like Italian shoes. And I said, no, you don't understand. You're going to need those. He goes, I have no feet. I said, it doesn't matter. They'll, you're going to have a place to put your shoes, so don't give them away. Yeah. And uh, so the first time I see him is in Toronto uh, six months later. And uh, he goes through this thing. He manages to haul himself up on the podium and down. And we're sitting at one of those little cocktail tables. And he comes over and sits down. And there's no room. The table's completely covered with drinks and stuff. And uh, so uh, he's sitting there, and he, he's got his glasses. There's no place to put his glass down. So he reaches down. He grabs one leg, and he pulls it up so that the sole so of his foot is pointing right. at the right. ceiling. <laughs> And puts his drink on it, and he says, I always have a drink holder. We're good to go. <laughs> yeah, we're, right. <laughs> we talk about safer barriers and Hans devices being some of the biggest things. How has analysis tools changed the game for you guys? Well, they're huge because you deal with facts instead of... Right. Well, like, what do you what do you guys do? I don't honestly okay. don't know. So an accident, we're, so we're, like Bourdais has his accident. What, right. the first, re- reconstructing, what do you do? Okay. You, first of all, you... We've got all the video, so you can actually watch the car do it. Okay. It has a crash recorder that records the chassis Gs okay. in three axes. You, if zero accelerometers work, uh, you, you get head Gs. You can do all the, you know how much the car weighs the, with the fuel and the driver. You know, the Pi data tells you how fast it was going. So you can do all the math of, for energy input, yeah. direction, so on and so forth. And um, look at things analytically what what systems and be very careful because the lawyers jump on me all the time about this what systems failed and right. failure is an engineering term not a design term it's right. something's stressed to the point where it no longer right. functions it fails right and so we look for for the failure mode and and uh, how the loads were applied what what happened that made it do that um and then work the two of us worked together. I started on the inside and said, okay, in order to have these injuries, this amount of force had to be applied to this point of the body, the body to produce this. And uh, then I can do the math kind of. Um, I'm, I'm not a stellar mathematician, but I could stumble through it. Jeff starts on the other side and he says, okay, we got speed. You know, we know the velocity, we know the mass. Uh, you know, the frictions and so on and so forth. And he can work it back the other way and say, okay, this is how much energy was input into the system. So the system absorbed this amount of energy because what was left is what broke them. Right. And it's amazing how the numbers balance out. And, uh, and I, I assume every accident is incredibly different, but from a procedural standpoint, like is it literally just you two? Is there a, f- a group of people behind you guys? Well, there are there people that help collect the data. I right. mean, they go out and photograph all the car parts and measure stuff and so on and right. so forth. We have a team of um, that's what I do at a racetrack is, mm-hmm. is do that. When I'm not there, I just drive everybody crazy because I keep asking for this picture or that picture, and I'm very impatient. Right, sure. And, uh, <laughs> You're like, I used to take photographs. Yeah. I, know I, know I know how, how to works. do this. Yeah. What is the deal? Yeah. Oh. Back in my day, we didn't have digital cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Being an impartial observer, how hard are teams to get data out of? Uh, oh, you mean how hard is it to get the data? Yeah, like if you're trying to get a pie tracing 
Not for four days. Oh, the teams are help us. They're, I mean, they're, they're no everybody. Problems. Oh yeah, okay. they're on board. They are way back in the beginning. I'd have to go beg, and sometimes they get cranky, and it, it depends. But now they're they're a p integral part of the help. Yeah. Right. Like when Frankini got hurt, I went out to their shop, and they I mean they laid out all the parts for me. So because okay. I knew we were looking at what broke his leg. Yeah. And. Uh, I knew what I was looking for, and I, I, I just go and I tell him, okay, this is what happened mechanically to his leg, how yeah. that happened in the car, and they're, you know, they know these things inside and out, so they're able to walk me through the stuff, and I, especially the guys at Canassi, Barry Wanzer and company has been unbelievable yeah. about tolerating my stupidity, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> and they, right. you know, I'm banging on, what's this, what does it right. do, and right. so on and so forth, because I really don't know anything about cars. Sure. And uh, they have taught me a ton and very patiently over the years. And the door is always open. I right. mean, I can just knock, knock, and I Everybody hates the word spec, but in your case, we have a very heavily homologated car where most people are running a little X percentage of the components are identical. Does that help you? Um, just because everybody's running the same stuff, so the physics should all apply equally? Well, because if we test something, right. and it's the same across the board. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're... I think, especially safety things, aren't open to, uh, they don't make a car go faster or slower. Right, right. Everybody and everybody has the one. same, right. right. So coming from the PR side that I come from, um, this is more for, like, fans, uh, because it, it's something I'm fairly familiar with, and I know Ryan is too. Um, you mentioned HIPAA earlier. I don't know that fans necessarily know what HIPAA oh, yeah. is. And, and like, so. In the modern era, when an accident happens, there are legally things that just can't be discussed or things that can't be disclosed. What What is HIPAA? The HIPAA stands for Health Insurance Privacy and Portability Act. Yeah. And it was started to protect people who had AIDS yeah. from disclosing so they right. could get insurance if they changed jobs or whatever. And it has evolved into this huge industry of... Um, you know, don't look, don't tell. Mm -hmm. okay. and, and some of it is utterly ridiculous to the point, you know, probably that somebody will show up at my door tomorrow and <laughs> say that. <laughs> you but, you um, mentioned it, how dare you. Right. They're, they're like whole industries that have grown to tell you what you have to do to protect yourself against a HIPAA violation. Right. Yeah. So anyway, you know, it's the privacy of your medical information. Right. Yeah. But actually, the first things our drivers do is sign away their hip rights. Oh, okay. Uh, well, they actually when they offer it to us, they always say you don't have to. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, you, that you don't have to unless you want us to take care of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah, the beauty of a full-time safety team. Right, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it makes sense on their side. So waivers aside, the basic idea is the second they show up at a hospital, in theory, there's a million approvals that have to go up before you can right. update anybody on any condition. Exactly. So when there's silence on an injury... Um, it's not necessarily a PR department that's lacking. It's no. it's it's that no. there's 800 legal systems they have to go through before we can say anything, even well, if it's minor. And, yeah, that plus the fact that sometimes somebody gets hurt and they're the person, mother, father, wife, that they want to know that mm -hmm. is not findable. Right, right. Um, and so and is that a legal thing or an ethical thing? See it on the six o'clock news. Right, so right. So if uh, you know, we'll we'll keep some names out of this because uh, I think we all know the same. But um, if a driver has a traumatic injury that we pretty much know is over but it's media silence a lot of times it's you staying quiet is more for the sake of the family involved to make sure they get their process in place before yeah yeah, yeah that's the big thing is, yeah. is 
and then it's a catch-22 with the drivers. They want to know what's going on. If a fellow driver's injured and it's bad, mm-hmm. they want to know. They want to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But at the same time, if they're the one that's injured, they don't want the public to know. Right. right. Well, as soon as you tell a second person, the public knows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, Has uh, social media changed the game for you in a bad way? Has social media changed? Like now it's a tweet away, a uh, uh, reckless Facebook post. Or even a fan. It watching. has a little bit because the drivers. That's what I'm saying. It. Like, I'm drivers sometimes tweet when they shouldn't. Can we start a Twitter account for you? That, no. <laughs> uh, anyway, you that smart out. answer. <laughs> smart answer. The, uh, Thank you. Because it was the real laugh was part of this job that I do. If somebody gets is in a crash and there's a risk of injury, or I think they might have one, yeah, I, I follow up with them. Well, I figured out within the first few weeks that I was doing that job, I can't call them on the phone. They won't answer the phone. But I learned that if you send them a text message, yep. Yep. I get an immediate reply. Yeah. And the, there was a, a really cute story about that. Hinchcliffe got cold cocked at the um, first Angie's List yep. Grand Prix. Right. And so I thought, well, you know, he was. I knew he was concussed. He went to the hospital. And I knew they released him. But I thought, okay, let's just find out what they told him. Yeah. So I texted him. He responded to him. But the text was, if you're reading this, you obviously didn't get the instructions. <laughs> so immediately my phone rings. And he goes, what instructions? I said, the one that says you're not supposed to use anything electronic. <laughs> like the computer right. or right. cell phone. Right. Yeah. He goes, no. He said, they gave me some papers. I said, did you read them? He says, no, I have a hard time focusing. I can't read. <laughs> I said, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to tell you three things and you do it and then we'll talk tomorrow. Right. It's like, turn the TV off, turn the phone off, turn the computer off right. and go to sleep. Yeah. And then call me in the morning. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, they'll. Uh, if I could tweet, I could do that, but I, I have no idea what happens when you tweet. It, that just don't. Just don't yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm sure that, that would be a real hip and no no. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, for at sure. James Inscliff, you good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that wouldn't work. Yeah. So, <laughs> Frowny no, face <laughs> emoji. <laughs> yeah, emoji. Right. Band-aid emoji. Right, right. <laughs> so anyway, so dinner with racers not a political show, more of like get to know you, but. We're getting a little edgier as we've getting a bigger following, and so we kind of wanted to talk some politics with you. Uh, last presidential election, you voted? Johnny Rock Page. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's the thing. Wow. That's the thing. He's a big deal. I don't know Indiana. how he didn't win. Yeah. Dr. Steve Olvey. Right. You've known the guy 35 years. Did you have any idea when you first came across him that you two would go on to become a partnership None. that would do None. so much for the sport? Not at all. Yeah. The, I mean, the trigger was the mirrors thing. Yeah. And, and started from there and just kept going right i was just down there last weekend uh not this past weekend but the previous weekend for adrian fernandez's wedding oh yeah and oh, cool. uh, at the same time that i retired and started playing golf he decided to start playing golf although he had played i guess as a high school or whatever sure so we play together um i go down there often yeah and uh, i just i talked to him on the way here tonight actually like these two idiots I gotta go yeah, dinner with. Yeah, is, right. Don't, don't don't do this. It's, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> right. Apparently not radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got tricked into another podcast. <laughs> right. Uh, so you guys have obviously spent a ton of time together. Right. Give me a pet peeve that he does because we spend a lot of time together making the show, oh, and we big. know all sorts of things we didn't want to know about each other. There's got to be some pet peeves, especially amongst doctors. As per- mostly, I mean, we've 
gotten along. We've done so much so well, and our our relationship was worked out really well on the racetrack. When we we were kind of divided jobs, so we were both the we had fancy titles, but we were both kind of co-directors of the um, all through the cart years of the medical side of that. And it worked out really well because I don't go to meetings, I don't do budgets, I don't nice. hire and fire. Yeah, um, I'm very apolitical. It's like yeah. you know, you do what you have to do. Whereas he's really good at all that stuff. I'm the nuts and bolts guy. Yeah, okay. And it'd be like, well, how much is this going to cost? It's like I don't care. Just get somebody to pay for it. Right. Um, and he would <laughs> and he do does that. that. Right. Right. So yeah. it worked out really, really well. So, so I'm, that I'm the good. I'm the trammel on this deal. You're, you're definitely I'm Steve Olvey. You have fig- figured out. Yeah, oh, they, okay. yeah, yeah. In that sense, it's, I'm, about to say, I'm yeah. not the face, but I'm absolutely right. the, the yeah, go and engineer everything and figure out how to make it all work. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. I can figure out what you know, what size screw or what needs to be made out of and all that stuff. But yeah. What it costs. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's okay. like, yeah, that's yeah, my role. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked to him and figured right. out. Yeah. So pet peeve-wise is we play a lot of golf together. Does he drink? Does he drink? Yeah, vodka. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a real vodka snob. He won't drink anything but Belvedere. Oh, and, uh, okay. Excuse me. I, I decided that I, I like Tito's, yeah. and it also costs a whole lot less. <laughs> so you get more bank for your buck. Right. Um, but the uh, pet peeve is that probably has to do with, with uh, golf. Okay. He he keeps dig- he digs a hole for himself because he gets so frustrated when he doesn't play well right and especially if it's something he knows he can do but he doesn't do well and it's like you know we really can do anything that a pro can do we just can't do it on demand yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i've hold balls out of the out of the sand trap right could i do it if you asked me to yeah, yeah. right yeah actually uh, on on uh on that on that sort of other doctors in the in the world uh, thing. This is kind of a convoluted question, but um, did you ever read "And the Band Played On"? And the band played on the. the no, I haven't. Okay, but you know the subject matter. Yeah, so, yeah. so "And the Band Played On" is a book that turned into a movie about kind of the AIDS epidemic as it burgeoned in the right, '80s right. And, and everything. But there's a particular doctor, Dr. Robert Gallo, that that they in the book they don't necessarily paint the most favorable light to. That it was his in his best interest to have the data from all these new cases showing up to fall a certain way so that his theory would would be more accurate and oh, therefore okay. his direction of research could get funded. Um, you're involved in a number of motorsport initiatives right now. Mm-hmm. There's here in the, I'm going to do my best here, you're in the FIA Institute for Motorsport Safety and nope. Sustainability. Yeah, that's <laughs> what that used to be. That's, now, that's what it used oh, to be. That's what it used to be. Global Institute. I got shut down on that too. Okay. GIMSS. Okay. Global yeah. Institute for Motorsports. International Safety. Council of Motorsport Sciences. Yeah, that, okay. that's still that. That's that still like But with that, that, there are doctors from all over the world. Right. It's arguably sort of a sexy area of, of science to be in because it's yeah, motorsport safety. Is, yeah. And there's commercial interests. Somebody sells the piece for the helmet. Somebody right. sells that barrier piece, whatever it is. There's profitability. Exactly. Um, being the nuts and bolts, no politics kind of guy, how how convoluted is this really? Uh, the the real rush to the table right now is obviously people have got something to sell. Yeah. Right. And <coughs> as long as it's vetted scientifically, yeah. which is, to its credit, that's what the... GIMSS slash FIA does is creates standards for everything that right. everybody has to meet. Right. So that there's no partiality to that. Right. Um, but there could, and I honestly have no idea, but there could always be one doctor that's on the take. I mean, there's a whole group of you that I believe go through. Yeah, I'm sure there, there 
guys that are connected. Right. Um, one of the things now in medicine that you, you can't speak at anything where people get uh, educational units for it okay. without disclosing that, you know, by down, the way, these, yeah, yeah. down to what size underwear you wear and where you bought them If something right. was given and, to uh, you, right. Yeah. yeah. So we're all pretty straight with that. And I, I've always done everything based on a fee-for-service model. Right. If, if you ask me to consult for something, you get a bill. Right. And I don't want to own part of the company. And right. I especially don't want to have to count widgets and find out what you owe me because right. I don't right. have the wherewithal to do so, that. So, so to that point, because I know you're not like this, um, canopies, obviously, and, right. and, and halo pieces being a big conversation. If all of a sudden you got in the business of making canopies, would you be allowed on these councils or would you just have to disclose what you do? I think you just have to disclose what you do. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting question because we're, you know, we're developing the windscreen. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure there's something in my contract that says I could never profit from it. Right. Um, but I didn't have the patience to profit for it. I'd be on to the next <laughs> thing. Right, right. Yeah. But uh, people would ask me, why did I retire? Because I could. That's all. <laughs> How, so did, how did you come up for the with the idea to put a accelerometers in earplugs? Well, the the first part started with the accelerometers in the car. Yeah, and the those were we, we John Melvin had a lot to do with that, but I don't think he was like on the right up front with it. But it all happened at about the same time. It started in '92, and and how that happened is '92 was all the everybody crashed. And yeah, Andretti, yeah. Piquet, it, their Vassar broke his femur. Yeah, can't remember how many femurs got broken that day. Andretti's toes, Crawford's toes, um, Fittipaldi mirrors, it's on and on and on. Anyway, John Melvin calls me up, and we had met somewhere along the line at a meeting, and he goes, you know, we have the facilities to to help you, and I had all the data because we had all the data. And so we met a couple of days after the race, and we started measuring stuff and so on and so forth. And that was what led to the longer nose cones. Um, were some of the data from us, and, and I started going up to Warren, Michigan, to do sled testing and yeah. try and recreate scenes. John comes up, he says, you know, that there's a company. It's called IST, that actually made a, a box that was put in crates of computer, electro- just like hardware, uh, yeah, 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 electronic stuff, yeah, to ship it so that if the shipping crate was subjected to a load above a certain amount right. they would record it right so when the shipping crate got wherever it was going to go they'd plug in and find out if they were going to accept delivery right. yeah and he said you know we could probably use these in the cars huh. and they that was the first black boxes is yeah. these blue ist boxes and then they evolved from that to the adt things that we are adr things that we have now um so the very i think it was like 93 was the first year we used one of those and we were quoted as talking about what the G loads and we got all kinds of hate mail and phone calls because it was above the level of human survivability. Okay. And they were like, you know, there's no way that people are subjected to this and get out and walk away. Right. And we'd have to remind them that first of all, we're talking about the chassis, not the body. Yeah. Right. Uh, and the chassis sees a, you know, it's stiffer than the body. Yeah, right. Sure. You know, things like that. And then the, the next step in that was to figure out how to stick them in the ears. And we, we kept talking, and actually Steve Alvey was instrumental in making that happen. Um, he had the idea, and I think several other people did too, but we didn't have the technology. And then the technology came along, and we figured out how to stuff these things down <laughs> in their already existing earpieces. Right. And the rest is history. Yeah. So, so just a couple quick things we've got to roll through, and then we'll let you out of here. 
Um, yeah, we do a pass along question to every guest. Oh yeah, who, have who's one the next guest? Well, before that, your pass along question came from Robert Wickens. Oh okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, so we had lunch with him at the at Charlie Brown's Pancake House. Okay, yeah, it was excellent. Um, what's the most inconvenient call to duty you've had to deal with in motorsports? Inconvenient, like you're just like about you to tee off call. at your favorite yeah. golf course or you're whatever. In the bathroom. Hinchcliffe decided to knock a wall down. Probably Paul Tracy. Oh, okay. We, we were uh, the weekend off, okay? We're not supposed to have anything bad happen. Um, my wife and I are, like, home, and the kids are not home. It's, like, shipped them off to wherever. And we're out on the deck. It's a summer night, out on the deck. And, the, you know, the, all the stuff, the wine. The, so you, you got the picture, okay? And about just the time when things are ready to rock and roll, the phone rings, and it's, Trammell. Yeah. This is Tracy. Uh-huh. I just had a crash and broke my foot. Paul, we're not racing this weekend. I know. I was in a go-kart. <laughs> uh, was this 93? So, yeah. It was yeah. like, okay, let's put the action. So we got him flown to Indianapolis. Yeah. He, I said, you know, be here at 7 o'clock or whatever. He flies in. Uh, bring him to the house. We load him in the car. I'd call the hospital and say, we're coming. They said, we don't have enough help. I said, I'll bring my own help. <laughs> and um, <laughs> took him down there, operated on his foot. Um, my wife kind of circulated. We had lots of help, yeah. Yeah. none of whom were really trained to be there. <laughs> the, it's the, just PT. Yeah, it's right. just the anesthesiologist PT. was there. And then we hauled Tracy out to this place because it's, it's like Labor Day weekend or something. We're having a big party and so on and so forth. We prop him on a deal. and We're all jet skiing and so on and so forth. And he's sleeping in the sun. And right. So, you know, we probably ought to take him inside because he's going to get burned. Yeah. <laughs> so on and so forth. And it turned out to not really be that inconvenient except the way it started. That right. was a little. So yeah. that's probably. Okay. The, yeah. That's yeah. a good one. I like that. So tomorrow we're going to have lunch here in Brownsburg okay. with Joey Saldana. Okay. If you could ever ask him anything, what would it be? Why did it take him so long to learn to wear a Hans in his car? Does stuff like that drive you nuts? Um, yeah, a little bit. Because like like we have all these safety things in place, and people are reluctant to use them. The, the worst one, and it was it, it's comical in a way, but it led to a really good deal. It was my my wife's engine builder when she was doing the go kart stuff, built an engine for one of these little quarter. Uh, it's a quarter of a dragster. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. mini yeah. drags or whatever. And there were all these kids, and she said, "Well, let's go and let's go see." You know, the guy and we went out. I'm looking around, and first of all, probably 70% of the drivers were girls. Yeah. And they were all, you know, had shoulder length hair and so mm -hmm. on and so forth. And I'm looking around. A, there's not a balaclava in the place. They've all got on the, the Victoria's Secret camisole outfit underneath their fire suit, which would melt in a yeah. heartbeat. Yeah, it's like Under Armour. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm like getting, you yeah, know, yeah. breaking out in a sweat. Yeah. My, my wife says, you're just it's here just, to visit. You're off the clock. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So, so I finally, I corner a mother whose daughter's got her hair. <laughs> she's got this ponytail hanging right. out of her helmet. Right. You know, and it's it's preciously close to the drive shaft. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm getting all wound up. And I go up and I start talking to this mom. I'm trying to be nice. And I just you know, it would be a really good idea if she had a balaclava and they braided her hair, yeah. flat braided and put it inside the suit. So, and mom goes, well, why do you think she needs all that? And I said, well, you know fire she goes why would there be a fire i said i got really snide yeah. this lady and i said uh, 
the thing that makes the car go is called an internal combustion engine. Yeah. It makes fire inside of it. Right. And it said the fuel that makes the fire is in this thing on the outside. Yeah. And if the car goes upside down, the fuel comes out of the bottle right. and it right. will... Um, yeah. I, I, that was when the BP oil spill was going on. I said, that there's a reason they send all this hair down there to soak up the oil. Right, yeah. <laughs> so right, yeah. Makes a great wick. Yeah. And my wife is like beside herself. Like, oh, God, we were just it. having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just goes, you got to go home. Well, that led into the youth. Uh, we'd started a youth racers program for safety at PRI. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Jeff Horton and I did. And um, Derek Daly got involved in it. And, uh, there were a bunch of people. That, and I, it still continues. Yeah. So that was a worthwhile trip. But it just freaked me out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but... <laughs> Uh, before you go, can you walk us through James Hinchcliffe's crash was pretty, you know, pretty intense. Right. But the big thing was that nobody really saw coming was that he had he was pierced through and stuck in the car. Have you have you guys had something like that before where you knew you had to? Well, we've had guys that uh, um, I think Chilean. I'm blocking down on his name. Uh, Salazar. 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 Yeah, yeah, right, right. Had a had a piece of suspension that yeah. went through his leg. Yeah. And that, but that was apparent. I mean, you could see it. Um, there was a kid in an Indy Lights car. Uh, I think of his name in a minute. His his dad is like the quintessential uh, bounty hunter uh, uh, from San Francisco. A uh, very distinctive gentleman was a, and that's what he was, a bounty hunter. This is it. On, is it? No. No, no, no. Um, Bleep that. Yep. <laughs> it's a Hispanic name. Okay. But uh, he got skewered with a piece of suspension. Yeah. And same thing happened. It went through his thigh, but it, when they took him out of the car to pull him out, we never recognized that there was a wound on the other side sure. of the thigh. Um, and that ended up being kind of a big to do. But having him pinned down like that where you couldn't see it, yeah. Yeah. that was the um, deal. And I was in communication with the doctors on the track. and. I was not at the track sure. when that happened. Right. Okay. And uh, actually, I was in the sand pit at the golf course. Yeah. But practicing. Yeah. Because I didn't, I missed the memo that they were practicing <laughs> Monday morning after qualifications. I mean, who yeah. does that? Um, but anyway, that was, the, they were like, well, what do we do? I said, whatever you got to do to pull him out of the car because he's going to die. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, just get two big guys and pull him out. Yeah. When he gets to you, does he still have metal? No, the metal was out because okay. it was stuck. Yeah. It literally was stuck in the car. Yeah, okay. Um, it, that was so stuck in that car that that same day when I went out to look at the car and do you know, what we talked about, right. I stood straddled over the top of the tub and tried to pull that piece up out of the seat. And I'm not the strongest guy on earth, but I'm not the weakest either. Yeah. And it wouldn't budge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Man. So anyway. Yeah. That's a, I know you got to go. And I, I don't want yeah. to close heavy here, but... Um, is there one, like you mentioned, Zanardi and yeah. more? And uh, is there one instrument that keeps you up more than any others, or that you just can't can't yeah, forget? You compartmentalize. Yeah. There, there. I mean, that's kind of natural. There are things. I operated on a lot of kids with yeah. really bad deformities, a lot of cerebral palsy. Just in the, in the day job. So yeah. That's not, yeah. But in my day job. Yeah. But the same thing happens. You lose one of them, and it it's yeah. never leaves you. And you spend time with um, these kids. And so probably. Greg is was the biggest one because yeah. if I'd have just said, you know, screw it, you can't drive because I can't fix this, and my ego got in the way. And uh, oh, I understand. Know. So that yeah. was. So you can, in other words, you can tell yourself a hundred times, but you still feel you had a role. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's probably the the most tragic one. That just 
I still feel bad about because um, there was one time being doing something really well was the wrong thing to do. Right, okay. right. Sounds like technology is definitely in the right direction with IndyCar. It seems so. like everybody in that paddock is on the same page. We actually talked with Hinch about this a couple of days ago mm-hmm. about haters of purity. That's got to be a great yeah, feeling. The, the evolution of, of acceptance of safety yeah, yeah. is something I think IndyCar has set the mark for. Right. Um, when I started, you know, things I was talking about, AJ taking care of him, some of the stuff I wanted him to do, you, you'd have thought I was cutting his other thing off. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it's evolved over time to nobody would say, let's don't do that because it's safer. Yeah. Um, it, they're adaptable and the the younger drivers expect it you know they they don't tolerate if we know they want to know right and uh hench and charlie kimball are, are two of the out on the cutting edge of tell us everything you know because mm-hmm. we want to know yeah interesting how was your dinner it's fine it's good i All appreciate right. it thank you yeah cool that's a health health food and i didn't gorge myself, and my wife would be proud. Cool. Yeah. Well, we can vouch for it. I didn't have a flame mignon, a baked potato, and a pound of sour cream. We, we appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, we appreciate that. appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Takuma uh, Sato brought his whole posse with him. We were like, oh, boy. You helped us close that delta. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Well, we appreciate it, and Continental's got the check. Terror Bear Trammel, what a guy. Love him. Great stories. And gave us a crap ton of time. Crap ton? Yeah, I, I'm tired. Honestly, I'm tired of bleeps. All right, fair enough. Takes way too long. Thanks again to Acura and Continental Tire. And send them a tweet. Let them know you love us and appreciate their support. Now, are you going to play my favorite song, Sean? Boy, am I. Here's the song. Why it's Pradagino. I think that's how you pronounce it. P-R-A-D-A-G-I-N-O. They are on SoundCloud. And they gave us a song called Get Mines. That's it. Get Mines. Prodigino. Hey, come on. Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night that I'm gonna get mine. Yeah, tonight's the night that I'm gonna get mine. That I'm gonna get mine. Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night that I'm gonna get mine. Yeah, tonight's the night that I'm gonna get mine. 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 I manifest my destiny. I don't need nobody ever trying to get the best of me. Let the record show I'm working harder than the rest of these whack ass rappers in the game. I told them rest in peace because I keep shooting. Can and Cam Newton on my Dr. Dre because I'm always producing. I'm the main one to keep them rooting. I guess the bread, homie, free of that gluten. I'm just a sign of the times. Speaking of the times, baby, I'm gonna get mine. Unofficially, I lost my mind. Stick to the script, and I'll pull out the bind. Cause it's not where it's supposed to be. Like you against me, you're not close to me. Yeah, moments like these mean the most to me. So fill your glass up and let's toast to these. Let's toast to these. Let's toast to these. Gonna fill your glass up and let's toast to these. Moments like these mean the most to me. So fill your glass. Up and let's toast to these. Hey, tonight's the night. Tonight's the night that I'm gonna get mine. Yeah, tonight's the night that I'm gonna get mine. That I'm gonna get mine.
tonight's the night. Woo. Tonight's the night that I'm gonna get mine. Get yeah, tonight's the night that I'm gonna get mine. 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 That I'm gonna get. That I'm gonna get mine. Yeah, lights, camera, action Murder this beat, that's a fatal attraction Look at them diamonds, affluent in fashion Keep the light shining, let you feel the passion I'm surrounded by all the success And girl, you got a body with all them assets And I can tell you how hard it gets When the media takes these words out of context I'm like America, who am I gonna bomb next? Still in a state where they don't wanna mess We that team with the dream complex Like DJ Khaled, I'm the one, we the best I work all night, I don't need no rest Cause I really gotta get this off my chest Here we go. New school rappers I am not impressed with nah. Know that I'm still not the one to mess with Mess with, mess with Not the one to mess with Know that I'm still not the one to mess with These new school rappers I'm not impressed with Know that I'm still not the one to mess with Hey Tonight's the night Tonight's the night that I'm gonna get mine Yeah, tonight's the night That I'm gonna get mine That I'm gonna get mine Tonight's the night Tonight's the night that I'm gonna get mine Tonight's the night that I'm gonna get mine. Get mine. Yeah, tonight's the night. Tonight.